Hi and welcome back to White Noise. Today is our first year anniversary video, so we thought we would make it special and actually film it. Yeah. Today we're going to be talking about Rocky Horror because it is one of me and Sky's shared favourite films ever and it just felt right. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> I think we're both like super nervous to actually be yeah. on video this time. Like Liana has experience doing it, but I have none. So I think you should be the more confident one. You have no okay. excuse. Well, that, that, that experience is from a long time ago, the YouTube channel. <laughs> that is now dead. But yeah, like I said, we're doing Rocky Horror today because me and Sky bonded over it a lot as teenagers. We've mentioned a lot in this podcast that we have a lot of shared favourites. That's kind of why yeah. we do this. And I think Rocky Horror is one of the ones we don't talk about enough, considering it's a fundamental shared mm, love. Yeah, definitely. Mm. I mean, I'm not even sure what we kind of want to start talking about today. Like, I mean, I think we wanted to bring up just the fact that how crazy is it that it's our one year anniversary of doing this podcast? And we're also recording this a bit early because me and Sky haven't seen each yeah. other in a year. This mm-hmm. entire podcast has been a pandemic baby, essentially. Yeah. It's a product of the pandemic. It's all done over Zoom. And we just thought it'd be really nice to actually film something together in person to celebrate the one year because it's not even 12 episodes. It's going to be what, like 15? considering the mini so yeah that's true actually. maybe more because we've yeah. got some ideas coming up for yeah. stuff we've not recorded yet but yeah. will come out before this <laughs> these next few months gonna be really exciting mm-hmm. but um, yeah i mean it's just so exciting to be able to record something in the same room together i actually really like it it felt awkward for the first five minutes like yeah. hence the egg cup shots but like <laughs> this actually feels really nice yeah the only time we ever did this was the unreleased suspiria yes recording. and i know we've like referenced that a bunch mm. one day we're gonna have to redo it or post yeah. snippets on Twitter or Maybe something. Maybe post snippets because it wasn't our best, but mm. it was really, it was, it, it was, was funny. Fun. Yeah. It was good. We were just wasted. And we tried to almost recreate the atmosphere of that first exciting one that never saw the light of day by having drinks and watching Rocky Horror last night. Yeah. So that was fun. It's a shame we couldn't record us watching it because no, like as we, we as we were watching it, we were like, oh, like it was just so much fun. And mm-hmm. we just, we noticed so much about it that we didn't notice before yes. because like we've watched it together before. Mm-hmm. But we were just like we were just like so excited by watching it. We would be too busy singing and dancing Mm -hmm. that we just wouldn't. Yeah, that's true. Really talk about it, and it it. wouldn't have been the same if we watched over Zoom. You can't watch a musical together over Zoom. I know I've done Mum Mia with people, but Mm. like Rocky Horror, you can't do that. You've got to be in that room together, have that vibe. Especially something like Rocky Horror, because everybody knows that like there is the film, but then there is also the production, and it's just because it is one of the most iconic audience participation productions. Mm -hmm. I think when you watch it Mm. with somebody else and get that atmosphere. Mm-hmm. like you can get a whole production atmosphere with just two people exactly <laughs> especially like if you're singing it in your room and then you also double bill it with the glee episode which is what we did last night yeah which we will be talking about we Later understand on. how controversial mm-hmm. the glee episode is but we have some stuff we yeah. want to say we want to clarify that we were kind of introduced to rocky horror through the glee episode so mm-hmm. it holds a special place in our hearts yeah which i think a lot of people of our age yeah. if they're honest with themselves that is why like, i'm yeah. not ashamed to admit no, that because in all honesty I think I probably would have ended up watching it yes. anyway because of just my parents mm-hmm. and all the stuff that they liked. But it was because of that episode that I discovered it. Yes. And I was like, this makes so much sense to me. <laughs> well, the actual film didn't make any sense to me, mm. but I understood watching it like, this is it. This is my aesthetic, I as you it. can probably tell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like it's not super obvious. We're like, let's do some like subtle kind of illusions. To yeah, we didn't want to go crazy and go mm. like full dress up because that's just too obvious. I'm also going to blame it on the fact I couldn't get a good costume in time. So red lipstick will do for me. I mean, bless Liana. Like, <laughs> I was lucky because we're at my flat, but mm. like, Liana had to travel with all her equipment. So, like, <laughs> 
don't don't come for her just because she has like <laughs> the camera right now costume. is sat on a tripod which i forgot the clip bit to so it's got scrunchies around it this is very like mishappy misshapen but yeah. we've made it work this yeah. had to happen to be honest that's been this whole podcast oh god yeah like the amount of times that like i said the first one just didn't get released and then there was a year between mm. that suspiria one and then actually recording the first official podcast that's mad which means that we've this has been in the making effectively we've like, wanted to do it for a long time yeah. because i remember when i was designing obscure which is the site i run i remember saying to you i wanted it to branch off and have other things underneath it which white noise is yeah. believe it or not <laughs> and we talked about that back then and then obscure launched in september 2019 but this mm. didn't launch until october 20 no august 2020 yeah so yeah nearly yeah that's crazy crazy exciting though yeah i gotta say it. like to toot our own horns for a bit i'm proud of us like for being able to pull this through between working the jobs that we did and everything like that and somehow still managing to find the time to do it sometimes we will be recording at like midnight yeah (laughs) because we couldn't find any other time to do it st patrick's one was recorded at like 1am yeah on like a tuesday or something that's a perfect example when i wish we'd done video because liana was like in the corner of her bedroom (laughs) just like yeah with her microphone like trying to be quiet that's another thing we started this out and we just like had no idea about how to even do a podcast we're like let's just do it because we've got shit to talk about yeah and now we're both just like figuring out how to edit yeah we've both got equipment like it's just kind of grown quite quickly yeah i was gonna say i mean debatably we are definitely still figuring it out yeah gotcha but i mean just look at us now like a year ago would i have thought that we were gonna actually have full-on recording this is crazy like literally like I feel like I look you can't see it obviously through the podcast itself oh, yeah. sat with my arms on the table but <laughs> sat here looking all fancy we've got Very a mic in front of us laptop mm-hmm. here we can see the audio recording camera in front mm-hmm. we're fucking business professional people. and extremely intimidating exactly and that's why we're talking about Rocky Horror yeah. like I said earlier we watched it last night before doing this episode mm-hmm. and we double billed it with the Glee episode mm-hmm. and I feel like I'm adequately ready to talk about it the glee episode well or... i'm gonna talk about the glee episode later oh, i okay. mean actual rocky horror because i hadn't seen it in years that's my first yeah thing I, want to know. I probably hadn't seen it in about a year mm-hmm. which is cr- i mean it's always on my mind it's always a part of my life <laughs> but the actual i hadn't actually sat down and mm-hmm. watched all the way like i think you said it was the kind of thing that sometimes you'll put it on when you're doing other stuff yeah. because it's just so nice to have in the background mm-hmm. but like actually sitting down and watching it yeah the entire so much fun. considering that we both noted last night that we think the second half is weaker like yeah. i would always put on the first half and, like, eh, and then turn it off yeah i mean i imagine everybody who is watching this crazy mm. to say watching it but <laughs> um has seen rocky horror because mm-hmm. it's just so iconic or if not maybe you've seen the glee episode mm-hmm. but yeah we realize that as much as we love it obviously the story is so convoluted and it goes on for like well, it's not even that long but it's just that the story's crazy it doesn't make sense and then as soon as it's they try to start making mm-hmm. it make sense is when it goes a bit downhill mm-hmm. but even we were saying that like there are some songs from the second half of the film i think get looked over yes. because the second half is a bit weaker it is but like the thing is you need that there's that basic rule of storytelling you know you get three parts free act structure and this film just kind of like you know it tries to adhere to it because at the end of the day you do need a bit of a story mm-hmm. but the main thing with this is just the music you know yeah and the music it, the costumes yeah and it's so it's so easy to forget the f- songs in the second half because those ones in the first half are just iconic mm-hmm. anytime you ask anyone about a song from Rocky Horror they're gonna tell you a song within the first half hour of the film they're gonna tell you Time Warp they're gonna tell you Damn It Janet what else mm-hmm 
touch 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 me i mean we had it we were talking last night about like how all of the songs have some kind of plot relevance apart from time warp yeah i actually found out it's because it was added just because the film was too short or the product i don't know if it was in the original production i will admit i so i have seen a a modern day production of it twice obviously because i'm I'm only 24 (laughs) i would have seen the original um but yeah so i didn't know a lot about the the production before it became the film but yeah I'm, I'm pretty sure they said that they added it just simply to flesh it out a bit which is why it doesn't make any sense That's in crazy. the film it's probably the craziest part of it all because it's just a party scene yeah. that they added i'm pretty sure they said something like they wanted to simply add it so columbia could do the tap dancing oh, scene which is so iconic mm-hmm. but you're right it's one of the most famous kinds of a dance mm-hmm. i mean Everybody talks about now that, you know, songs getting released need to be TikTok worthy yes. so they can have a dance. Time Warp was before its time, literally. <laughs> the thing is as well, like, I find with Time Warp, because it's so stupid, that's why it's so memorable. So the fact yeah. that it has no relevance to the plot actually helped that song become so iconic. We were talking last night about how the brilliance of a lot of musical songs is when they just don't make sense. Like, there's no relevance to the mm. plot is when they just don't mean anything. Like, we need that more in more modern day musicals. And yeah. it just makes sense in, like, some campy low-key shitty 70s musical that you just have songs that make no sense i love that uh, yeah. about Rocky Horror. i mean something we really noticed last night that it kind of baffles me we didn't really pick up on it before is how imperfect it yeah. is and i don't just mean like how crazy the storyline is or how the songs are all over the place but i mean like the costumes are great but like they're not perfect they don't mm. even fit everybody perfectly mm-hmm. the makeup when it runs like there's this one scene at the end where obviously everyone knows that frank has that and um, boss tattoo yeah. when he comes out it's faded and nobody retouches it mm-hmm. did you know it was all filmed in six weeks yeah i can imagine like we, it, yeah. we, we were joking thinking like oh it's probably because it's all taken in one shot it mm-hmm. pretty much was yeah which but that's how you get that energy that's how you get that fusion like a real life stage production yeah. and that's why i love the imperfectness as well because mm-hmm. with real life stage production you can't go and quickly do up people's makeup in between every single yeah. you know five minute scene you mm-hmm. just can't or if something goes wrong on stage yeah. you just gotta roll with it it just provides that energy yeah. which is what i love about rocky it's, horror there's just so much energy to it like um sexual energy campy energy queer energy like just everything about it feels like a lightning in a bottle moment to mm-hmm. me and oh it's just perfect like i just i don't think it could have been made by any other people in any other era of time no i mean we spoke about how like I don't think because so we've spoken about like queerness and horror and things mm. like that before and how like the 80s was really the pinnacle of it yeah. but we were speaking last night about how like the 80s kind of started going back into queer coding yes um, and being more about subtleties mm-hmm. and metaphors whereas in the 70s yeah. you had films like Rocky Horror that yeah. were just so overtly yes. camp that it was just like it, it's mad because I actually always forget it came out in 75 yes I'm pretty sure it was 75 yes yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, because it it's it's just it's like you just wouldn't think something like that would be coming out but then (laughs) but then if you look at like the progress of film you also would because the 70s is the american new wave like i was saying to you Mm. this is when you get all these auteurs and directors coming up who are like the new generation and they're trying to push the envelope push the boundary Mm -hmm. and they're just doing something crazy what i found really funny when we were watching the rocky horror glee episode was when mr shu is saying to the kids he's like oh i did this for all the wrong reasons this this story isn't for the envelope pushers and it's like it is yeah like, that's literally what it's about <laughs> yeah. like it's literally and i'm not saying it's like insane for the sake of being insane mm-hmm. you know it's like it represents the queer community it's like a lot of representation and just all this stuff mm-hmm. but at the end of the day it was boundary pushing to be boundary pushing yeah you know and that was a lot of 70s film yeah and like 
yes, I know this was just like a musical that turned into a film musical, but mm-hmm. I think it's a perfect example of that 70s era of movies. It's yeah. great. Yeah, I mean, because it, it had like, obviously, it was like the big trend of midnight yes. releases because it didn't, commercially, it didn't do well. Mm-hmm. People didn't want to go mm-hmm. see it. But then at the midnight showings, people yeah. ate that shit. Oh. And consider as well, it started out in London as a stage production. Yeah. That didn't necessarily translate well to America, mm-hmm. you know, because like London was like 70s London. You're thinking like grit, yeah, big queer community, all this shit. And yeah, that doesn't necessarily mean American audiences are going to take to it straight away. But the kind of people going to the midnight movie showings, like that's that crowd. It was the yeah. perfect crowd for them. I think if I've like read right, it was like some exec was just like this movie's making no money it had a budget of only 1.4 and it was barely making that so Mm. they were like let's stick it on the midnight movie circuit built word of mouth which you know is something of that era as well word of mouth yeah and you slowly push out to more cinemas so you know it has a small opening you build over it week after week to the point where a lot of cinemas show rocky horror every friday night at midnight to this day Mm -hmm. and it's just become a staple i mean one of the reasons that we referred earlier to the glee episode as controversial is because especially when it first came Mm. out purists and lovers of rocky horror were like you can't touch it and even though to an extent we understand that again we'll be talking more about why it was Mm. that episode was important to us but it's because like back then you didn't have internet access to see all these crazy Mm. things you know you didn't have mainstream stuff like rupaul's drag race depending on however you feel about the show it Mm. has mainstreamed drag and brought it into the light whereas then you know you'd have to you'd have to go to midnight shows or Mm. you'd have to go to you know dark clubs to go see this kind of stuff and then now it was being shown proudly and like literally in your face on screen Mm -hmm. whereas yeah now you can google and find that so i'm not saying that people don't still need to be liberated of this day Mm. and age but this is why i think especially even people of our generation hold on to these films because it transcends time like you can really feel like mm. you were even saying last night how amazing it would have been to have seen that in the cinema when oh it God. came out <laughs> i can't even imagine like mm-hmm. when it was first coming out like the power that would have held over people yeah. and i think that i understand why people who would have been there for that original run would hate the glee episode you know mm-hmm. because like, glee as, as much as yeah. you can love it or hate it yeah at that era so this was in season two of glee so mm-hmm. like at the height of its fame wasn't yeah. it really that was the mainstream. Mm-hmm. That's what Glee stood for, the mainstream. And as much as it's like now lauded for like, you know, being that amazing queer representation, it helped a lot of people figure out who they are. Mm-hmm. At the time, Glee was hated. Like even the people that liked Glee understood yeah. that it was hated. Mm-hmm. So for something so niche and cult and not underground, don't get me wrong, because it's so famous, but mm-hmm. like that felt like it belonged to the underground. Yeah. For that to be displayed on something so mainstream and Mm -hmm. kind of altered in the way it was i understand why people got mad oh i do i mean like i said for us it was so different because i'm sure we've mentioned it on like other episodes of the podcast before but like that episode was the reason that we ended up watching it because we saw it and like for me it was like i watched it with my dad Mm. and i was like wow the songs in this are because like the songs are the main part about it obviously and i was like the songs of this are really cool and my dad was like well you've obviously seen rocky horror haven't you and i was like no and then he just showed it to me and look at where i am now as we mentioned before one of the brilliant things about rocky horror is how imperfect it is mm. and they tried to polish it in the glee yeah. episode because it was i do think they acknowledge it quite well though because yeah. like they ryan murphy is ryan murphy mm-hmm. and he's probably like i want to do rocky horror but i understand that in glee we have to sanitize it a bit and mm-hmm. they kind of make that part of the storyline in the episode which yeah. i'm quite happy about you know saying kids shouldn't be exposed to this stuff and yeah. like it was just it's so contradictory like looking back on that episode now well, huh? It contradicts itself a lot. It's like let's show Rocky Horror, but let's also say maybe you shouldn't push boundaries. Like, what are you trying to say? It right doesn't now? work. I mean, like, because we 
I'm sure I've, I've looked before about, like, schools actually wanting to put on Rocky Horror as a production, but, like, secondary schools, high schools, if you're in America. Yeah. Um, and it's understandable because these are underage kids. Mm. Obviously, on Glee, they weren't, but they were portraying underage yeah. children, so it would have been... Not the not that Glee always mm-hmm. sends the best message anyway, mm-hmm. but it would have been a really bad message to send to have scandally yes. clad kids but all the way through. They do talk about it in such a good way. Yeah. That's what I like that they address though in the episode is like the idea of like bodies mm. in the show. They, yeah. When they start talking about Finn and Sam being um mm-hmm. who are they? Um oh, Brad so just, and yeah, Rocky. Rocky. Yeah, they talk about um like body positivity and like showing their bodies on stage and mm. stuff like that and like I was mentioning to Sky when we were watching Rocky Horror last night that that's something I never really understood was great about the production until I got older was that it just like it showed bodies and it wasn't mm-hmm. like they were super on display that was just their bodies yeah they were just and they're real bodies you know this is before the era of like Kardashians and stuff mm-hmm. it's just that's what these people look like and they're so chill about it like mm-hmm. it's not even questioned they're just there so yeah it was really interesting obviously when the Glee episode took and specifically male bodies because mm. like even now it's not something I mean obviously it's talked about more but the fact that you had these two characters in Glee who were like you know you had sam who's stereotypical athlete and then you had finn who was just your average guy they both had body issues because of it Mm. and like how they felt about it and it was something really interesting Mm. to see the show talk about in all honesty i didn't notice at the time when i watched it it was only re-watching it probably mostly last night that i really thought about it but funny you mentioned body something (laughs) so something i mentioned when watching the film last night is like since i was a kid and i watched it it's always creeped me out how it looks like rocky in rocky horror doesn't have a belly button um and we were watching it with my girlfriend and both my girlfriend and liana were like it's just his body it's just his body so i found out actually they purposely filled his belly button because he's not meant to have an umbilical cord because he wasn't born so i was justified in freaking out that his belly button is just looks completely closed that's mental i thought you were just like nope being weird. <laughs> so if you've never noticed that before and you're a bit icky about body stuff like I am, go back and look at that. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah, they filled, they filled it in. That was actually such a cool little it's point. It's cool, they... yeah. <gasps> but I did, I noticed it and I was like, oh, that's, that's a bit strange. And yeah, that, that was just about... details, fucking insane. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love but that. That's why it's so crazy because like, you have this really imperfect film and then they but at the same attention. time they have these details. But then that's that's aiding to like the whole Frankenstein themes. Yeah. Way, you know, like man-made, perfect. But that's another thing actually, now we talk about bodies in Rocky Horror, it's mm-hmm. like, there's this emphasis on Rocky softening. He's wearing those tiny little pants and he's like, he's the perfect man, isn't mm-hmm. he? And he's so 70s in that way. Like he's blonde, he's got that Hugely. beach bod and all this shit. Yeah. And I just like, I can't even explain things. It's not even that deep. I just mm. love all the visuals in this film. I don't know. I don't even have to well, explain you say it. Like attention to details. There's like another bit that like, I will admit I have scoured these um, tidbits from the internet. So don't hold complete validity in what I say. Um, but I thought some other interesting ones was like uh, in the lab scene where Frank's wearing that lab coat and he has a triangle on it. Mm. It's just like an interesting um, bit that they added. But apparently it's because during wartime, that's how the Nazis used to identify gay men in the concentration yep. camps. But they've turned it the other way. So it's a symbol of pride instead of repression. Yeah. And this is just going to be the interesting fact section. Apparently, <laughs> as iconic as um, Tim Curry was as Frank and Meatloaf was as Eddie, originally there was interest in Mick Jagger playing Frank and Elvis <laughs> playing Eddie. Obviously before like yeah. years ago into production like they because they, obviously they must have had i don't know how long he must have had the idea that he wanted to turn it into a film even before mm-hmm. the original production because 
correct me if I'm wrong, but I think even before the original production came out, Elvis had passed away. Yeah. So unless, you know, Richard O'Brien was just completely misinformed and news really didn't reach the UK (laughs) that quick, um, he must have had it for years. Like, maybe that was the kind of character he wanted him to be. Maybe that's why he has this kind of magnetism about him. You can't take meatloaf out of Rocky Horror, though. No. And we also we talked about how like, if anyone has seen the stage productions, most of the time, um, not Meatloaf's character, well, Meatloaf's character, Eddie and Dr. Scott are played mm-hmm. by the same actor, which is typical in shows. Yeah. Um, but it was, like you pointed out, it's purposely also because they're meant to be related. Mm-hmm. Um, and apparently, um, Meatloaf did want to play both roles, but really? they just didn't... I don't know, maybe he's Maybe I guess because in a film it's different, unless you want to go full, like, David yeah. Lynch with it and have, like... But then at the same time, it was, like, there's so much in that film that, like... I think it would have worked. I think it would have worked. like as it is. Yeah. That it just I think it would have been hilarious. Like, one of the funniest things is the fact that, like, especially on the stage one, like, Dr. Scott's moustache and everything are so fake. Like, you know it's... You know who it is. <laughs> don't get me wrong, I love the film. I think that's the way it had to differentiate itself from the production mm. because like you can handle craziness in a production a bit harder in a film because not everyone who watches a film loves stage shows they might like yeah. musicals but they might like film musicals not stage productions. oh musicals. oh yeah like i said to you that like the film is like minimalistic compared mm. to the stage production you would have thought maybe it would have been the other way around like maybe because they can do a bit more they have more time even though for some reason they only had six weeks to shoot mm-hmm. but in the stage production it's at least in my opinion, it's so much more sexual mm-hmm. than the film is, which is crazy. And yeah, there's so much more going on. There's like a, there's a song gets cut out from the original production that's not in the film. Um, but it makes sense because it like messes with the pacing. But then even in the film, they wanted originally Susan Sarandon to do the touch to touch me scene completely nude. And she said no. And it's so weird because it's like this film to me isn't as overtly sexual as it is, it's more titillating. Yes. Because if she had just been fully nude, it would have just like, completely it taken porno, away. Yeah. yeah. But then that's the power of the fucking 70s. Because mm. today, that never would have even been a fucking conversation. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. It would have been, ironically, it would have been too much. And not because it's yeah. like, oh, naked woman. It was just because it was that crazy, mm. literally that craziness. Yeah. Um, and like hinting at stuff. But at the same time, having some well, stuff that was so out I always there. think of the silhouette scene. Where yeah. Brad and Janet both get with Frank and Fur. Yeah. Oh, you don't actually fucking see anything. It's all playing with light. Yeah. And that's like my favourite scene of the fucking film. Oh, it, yeah. It's amazing. It's amazing. Yeah. I just love, like, how this film isn't just crazy in, like, its storyline, but also in its visuals. Mm-hmm. You know, like, you were talking about costumes and stuff a bit. Also, in just, like, the lighting and the set design, mm-hmm. everything about it just feels wacky. I love it. It's like a dream. It does. Mm. I mean, even, I mean, you know, again, we keep talking about how imperfect it is, but even the camera work, it's shaky. <sighs> There's the, the, the zooms, the mm. office-like zooms. So that they 70s. Do. But that's Crazy. so 70s. Yeah. Like, to have those, like, whip pans yeah. and shit like that. And it's like, it's like I was saying earlier about the energy and, like, the lightning mm. in a bottle moment. Like, that yeah. wouldn't have happened in a different And even the sound era. design. Like, we mm. talked about how, like, poor the sound quality effectively <laughs> um, is but not just because of the era it came mm-hmm. out because it, it seemed to be an intentional thing so that they did but then it adds to it doesn't it yeah it gives it that like campy quality and mm-hmm. that midnight movie quality and that b movie quality mm-hmm. this film wouldn't be the same if it was like polished and you know it like, doesn't work yeah. i mean it's like when they tried to redo it um a few years ago with mm-hmm. like adam lambert mm-hmm. and laverne cox and all of that it was cool to see like like you could tell that you had a group of people who obviously the show meant a lot to them and that's why they wanted to do mm. it and they didn't try and redo it as like the new rocky horror it was just a fun thing that they did but that was an example of like it looked mm. good 
that was the problem. Too good, it yeah. was too good. It was too polished. Like See, this is the problem now with everybody being able to access. <laughs> this is the problem with everybody now having access to this like amazing equipment and being able to make high quality stuff. Is like. Mm, actually that doesn't necessarily mean something's good mm-hmm. you know i was saying to you last night technical quality doesn't actually mean quality like mm-hmm. you know there's like some great films like texas chainsaw and shit which are like grainy as fuck and that adds to the energy it's in the, the nitty gritty exactly it, yeah. it's like th- that's why i actually think a lot of horror movies today like they don't get that same grittiness they can yeah, be like they're host- too clean cut exactly i think like the last ones i can think of that really worked in that way were like the early noughties like like saw and hostile they still had that leftover grittiness oh you know, like, porn ones. yeah like you know it's like it's it's shot on digital like mm. a lot of them but they're still like not quite like 4k digital yeah yet, you know it's it's still got that air of like mm-hmm. just dirt oh yeah um it's it's not just specific to the horror genre like as much as obviously it's mm. called rocky horror picture show it's and it has horror elements and it's inspired it's super campy but like with actual horror it just too clean cut doesn't work anymore no, you no. know like you the whole point of that kind of genre is to make you uncomfortable and yeah. like unfortunately now people push the boundaries more in like they make uncomfortable films mm-hmm. and like you know at some point we want to talk about those kind of films as well but that'll be for another episode yeah. but like yeah they think that groundbreaking and genre breaking now is making stuff that is uncomfortable mm-hmm. and you know, it makes you squirm, it makes you want to look away instead of just having this really, yeah, nitty gritty look to stuff. Yeah. And I, basically people are just concentrating too much on being perfect. I know this sounds counterintuitive, <laughs> but I think like sometimes like the content doesn't matter. You know, mm. like, so say Texas Chainsaw, mm. everyone thinks that it's being really gritty and horrifying. Mm. It's like, actually you don't see much. The actual content itself oh, yeah. isn't as terrifying as like the visuals and the implication, mm-hmm. you know? And I think like, a lot of horror films now care too much about what's actually happening in the film like and less the, about the atmosphere. That's true. Because yeah. I, I think of a lot of Blumhouse movies, mm-hmm. they've just got shit atmosphere. They do. Like, they can have the most... Like, and again, with Rocky Horror, like, it had the strangest plot. Like, mm-hmm. I only now, after watching it for so many years, could I even tell you what the actual plot <laughs> is. Um, but yeah, they put so much into plot that it's like everything else falls apart. Yeah. And having a great plot is great, but at the end of the day, it's a film. Yeah. It's not a book. With a book, obviously you want the plot. That's what you're focused yeah. on. Yeah. With film, you can get away with having kind yeah. of like a, yeah, It's plot. a visual medium, and I think a lot of yeah. people forget that. Like, I, I just, the one I always think of is The Invisible Man. Mm. Like, don't get me wrong, looks gorgeous, but it's very clinical. And I mm-hmm. know that was kind of a point. I just didn't enjoy that. I like grit. But the thing with The Invisible Man was like, they were so focused on plot and character that works well to me mm-hmm. but it was just like it it just you could tell where where they had written the plot like beat for beat for beat and then they're just doing scenes to fill in between those beats if yeah. that makes sense and i hated that about the invisible mm-hmm. man and i hate that about a lot of horror movies today mm-hmm. they don't cultivate an atmosphere like they used to like yeah. don't get me wrong there's the standouts like um hereditary mm-hmm. the witch those kind of things like i'm not just talking about a24 because i'm whatever but uh, you know, th- I just wish that a lot more people would, like, go back to the roots of the horror genre. Mm-hmm. Rocky Horror, like we're saying, it's not, like, crazy horror-focused, you know? But it's still got those elements of horror mm-hmm. in that, you know, it features, like, a little bit of gore. Mm-hmm. It's got that tension in it. It it, it has more of an air of horror I mean, it than has, actual, like, yeah, content. It has a whole song called um, Science Fiction. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it, you know, Rich O'Brien did take huge aspects from science fiction, like Frankenstein and yeah. creature creating yeah. things like that. Yeah, the, the gothic element of it, like the castle, mm. it just worked. And I mean, mm. 
we know that in some aspects we're going to be biased because those are the things that we love in mm. film but I, re- I really understand what you're saying because it's like as much as the point of any kind of storyline is to get from a to b mm-hmm. it doesn't have to be so obvious yes it doesn't have to be so clean cut yeah you know? like mm. even again even something like rocky horror that at one point like i feel like you can follow the film up until the middle point yeah and then after that it's like wait what which is, is funny <laughs> because it's counterintuitive because in rocky horror when it's starts trying to have a plot it starts to fall apart yeah that is uh, it's it's worst part is the fact that mm-hmm. it, it tries to make sense of it which was a sh- I, I say it's a shame we're not here to do a critical analysis mm-hmm. of it because we fucking mm-hmm. love it but we were saying last night that we wish maybe it just hadn't tried to do that yeah. or it just stuck to like a texas chainsaw yeah. kind of thing or maybe they were just psychotic murderers yeah you know just plant these people in this place in a situation and roll with it yeah you know all, all of a sudden they started having accents <clears throat> And everything like that that came oh, I through. I mean, originally, apparently Tim Curry did used to perform on stage with a German accent for Frank. Oh, I love that. And it was only when they went into filming that he decided to model his accent off his own mother and the Queen. And apparently Tim Curry met Princess Diana because of this film. And she said something along the lines of... Um, Oh, I think I even wrote it down. Oh, yeah, she said that apparently something like Rocky Horror had quite completed her education. <laughs> you got a lover. Yeah. <laughs> Good old Princess Diana. I don't... <laughs> even, like, Princess Diana saying shit about this film, it just shows, like, it had such an impact and it affected so many people. But it does. It's, its legacy is insane. Mm. And, I mean, do you know that there's a sequel? There's a sequel called Shock Treatment. I've not seen it, and I originally didn't think it was a direct sequel. Mm. I'm not actually sure if it is. It's another musical... If you want us to watch it and review it, let us know oh, because imagine. I would be down. Live reaction. Um, it 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 does it follows Brad and Janet's story, but like Susan Sarandon and no lost his face. No, see this What's is the point. Then? This is it was it's like the perfect bad sequel. Like you know everything that's wrong with sequels. Mm. This seemed to happen in that film. Um, the only recurring um not even recurring characters I think um the recurring actresses are Patricia Quinn. Rich O'Brien and um, Little Nell. So the people from the original stage production, those as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Tim Curry. I I think maybe he didn't want to be in it because mm. originally he probably knew that it was blasphemous. The, yeah, the, the originally the the original story was going to be um the Frank tracked down Brad and Janet because Janet was pregnant with his baby. Oh. Um, and then Magenta and Riff Raff were going to come steal the baby. Wait, that's actually kind of cool, right? Though. It ended up being nothing like that. Oh. <laughs> it, it was, as far as my knowledge from not seeing it it was um about bran and janet being on a a game show but was actually brad got admitted to an asylum that's as far as i know that sounds mad i think it would be interesting to watch yeah definitely i mean we've got some ideas for halloweeny episodes yeah like sequels Mm -hmm. that's all i'll say for now but that could that could maybe oh yeah i added when i was like writing up my notes last night i went onto the google docs and i added shock treatment (laughs) onto the sequels we want to talk about because like sometimes like sequels are fun just go off on a bit of a tangent Mm -hmm. here um and when they're bad they can be so funny even though they definitely shouldn't have been made but yeah so that exists they tried to recreate the heart the the horror <laughs> i was gonna say but yeah they did recreate the horror mm-hmm. um but yeah it didn't work it did even worse than the the mainstream showings rocky Jesus. horror did i don't think it ever got a cult following i think the only kind of cult following it ever received was from people who obviously loved rocky horror and they just wanted to be a part of everything it was jesus so yeah How, you know something's bad when like the diehard fans are the only people who even give it a chance and it's only a percentage of them yeah Oof. 
even if the sequel wasn't very good, you can still say that other stuff was greatly inspired by Rocky Horror. Oh yeah, hugely. And I'm not just talking about the Glee episode. Yeah. You know? And I don't necessarily mean like, you know, oh, this character was influenced by this character, mm-hmm. but just like the campiness of Rocky Horror mm-hmm. has gone on to inspire so many other musicals and other people. Mm-hmm. We were talking last night about that kind of world of film and like, um, what would you even call it? Like, gritty campness we were talking about john waters like yeah. i don't know if he was inspired by rocky horror or rocky horror was inspired by john waters but mm-hmm. they're just linked in my head or just of the era yeah and then yeah. consider as well this is something we've not talked about yet um john waters is so intensely known in the queer community for featuring lgbtq plus people mm-hmm. and like obviously divine rocky horror is such a statement amongst the lgbt community yeah that's something we've not even touched upon yet yeah that's true i mean i think it's just because like especially mm-hmm. for us and i guess anybody within the queer community mm-hmm. who does love this mm-hmm. film because i appreciate it's not for everyone like mm-hmm. we, we speak we, <laughs> we spoke briefly about how like not everybody loves musicals and like in our last minisodes or even be our last minisode in a minisode we, <laughs> we we talked about how like we realized we were like leaning into a stereotype that mm. the queer community love musicals isn't true mm. but we definitely do yeah <laughs> i think yeah the reason that we haven't really spoken about the queerness of rocky horror mm. yet is because to us it's just so obviously queer yeah that like it's almost like you don't speak about it yeah but i can't like again i can imagine even when i was watching it when i was younger and like i hadn't come out i don't think at that point i was even conscious mm-hmm. consciously questioning my yeah. sexuality but watching it and i related to it so much and mm. it did like as lame as this sounds it did become a really integral part yes. of my personality yes you know like considering that like you know almost most most of the major aspects of the film borrow from mm-hmm. you know queer experiences like there's a lot of drag elements i mean look at frank and fur yeah um there's that's, that's what the biggest things that we also spoke about is that like so I am a queer woman, but, like, there's something about Frank and, like, Tim Curry as him that even I'm, like, that, like, people think that that film gives them gay panic. That film gives me straight panic (laughs) because I see him, he's, like, he's not meant to look feminine. He is meant to look like a man. man in drag, yeah. Yeah, Mm -hmm. and it's just, it's just so interesting they went down that aspect to do things, which is why, as, like, much as, you know, you can say that she killed it in the role, when Mercedes Mm -hmm. played Frank in Glee, it almost kind of felt like they were missing the whole point. I agree. Because they were focusing like a woman. Yeah, they were focusing more on the music. And obviously Mercedes did have this amazing voice and that's why they picked her to do that song, even if in my opinion mm-hmm. she belt it way too much. Like <laughs> But yeah, it didn't work because she was a woman. Yeah. And it just it doesn't work in that role because that's you, not because like yeah. a big part of like Rocky Horror's ambiguity and fluidity, and that's why it works in mm-hmm. that regard. You know, Frank is not a trans woman, you know, Frank is a man in drag. Yeah. That is Frank and Fur. It just missed the whole point. The mm-hmm. Glee episode. And I also think the Glee episode, it just, there's ways it doesn't work because like Rocky Horror does not mesh with the world of Glee because mm-hmm. we've been watching a bit of Glee this morning and last night and we've noticed how much like biphobia there is in Glee. Mm. You know, like it's so like anti-fluidity. Yeah, there's like that one episode in particular where it happened, did it all happen in one Blaine episode? and Kurt. Yeah, there's Blaine mm. and Kurt, and then obviously Santana and um, Brittany, because yeah. they were the main queer because couples. Blaine kissed Rachel, and then started to think, maybe I'm bi, maybe I'm fluid. Yeah. And Kurt was like, oh, bisexuality yeah. is just a, is, like, is, is a stop to gay town. Yeah. And it's just so against fluidity, and it's like, but that's an integral part of Rocky Horror. Yeah. That's like, the, the 
what would you call it like the philosophy the code of glee does not mesh with rocky horrors no. it's like missing one of the biggest aspects of rocky horror like it's just what we were talking about so much last night in it we're just like mm-hmm. it's not ever like this is gay it's just that person sleeping with that person mm-hmm. you know they never stop and like say someone's gay you know yeah. they never say oh frank's gay like yeah. never it's just frank sleeps with janet frank sleeps with rocky frank sleeps with brad and it's just it's never a thing it's just mm-hmm. it happens and i think like one of the comments we made last night in that I feel like Brian Murphy feels like mm. everything he makes mm. comes across as Rocky Horror. Like he thinks that he's being mm-hmm. so forward thinking and yeah. having that fluidity. But like, yeah, that like those episodes that we watched afterwards about oh, like having like, it kind of would have been cool if Blaine had ended up being a bisexual character instead of definitely gay. And then, yeah, when they made Brittany, it a joke, didn't yeah, they? Yeah, when, mm. when Brittany did come out as like fluid in her sexuality, Santana was like, no, you can't mm. be. And it was kind of like, obviously, at least with Santana, because I think we, we both concluded we don't like her as a character. Mm-hmm. But at least with hey, Santana, yeah. like she, it was coming from a place of anger. It mm-hmm. wasn't right, but it was coming from a place yeah. of anger. Um, but it did just make us realise how, like, yeah, it seems to be mm-hmm. like he has straight characters, he has gay characters. Mm-hmm. That's it. Now I'm hearing us talking about this. We were like, we came into this episode like, let's not talk about Glee too much. Yeah. I just can't help but think about how mesh they are in my brain like glee it's, and rocky horror it's because true. i discovered them like you know through each other yeah and it's so funny to me right now that we're recording this during pride month oh god that's true this is our one year anniversary episode but it's basically a pride month episode so yeah we're kind of serving both we've gotten so good at this podcast that we've recorded a bit in advance to do this so um also just any episodes that come out before this that seem a bit out of place it's because for once we've recorded yeah. out of order yeah but yeah as currently it's pride month as we're recording this yeah, we're just in that gay mood that's yeah. why like glee's coming up so much <laughs> yeah but, yeah because we've been watching glee like this morning and last night i just i couldn't help but notice how much my phobia is in that show yeah and then considering we watched rocky horror literally last night as well i just can't get over the different interpretations like I can't understand yeah, because... how something made in the seventies was more open about fluidity yeah. than something made in like two thousand and what nine. But 10? I think it's because something we've spoken about before that like there's empowerment in labels, but there's also empowerment in not having yes. a label. And I feel like that's what Rocky Horror gets right. Yeah, mm. Glee lent way too much into thinking it had empowerment from having the labels, whereas Rocky Horror was just like yeah. you can interpret this how you want. Yeah. You know, you can if 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 your sexuality feels like you can identify with this mm-hmm. character then cool yeah. and it really left it open to the interpretation of people and yeah. that's what it did so right and it's it's also why now I think remaking it in any form other than the stage production that's still going because obviously it carries on its legacy it, it doesn't work mm. because people try to read into it too much which you could argue is what we're doing now yeah. <laughs> you know this is our point of views of it and our experience with it and how it affected us growing up but yeah now I feel like people would focus too much on like you said putting a sexuality or even a gender on Frank mm. like you know he's always referred to as he him um, but it's never outrightly stated no. what he would like to be referred to as it just blows yeah. my mind to think that this film was so progressive in a way people probably didn't even realize at the time mm-hmm. like don't get me wrong they knew it was very out there and progressive but they probably didn't realize it would still be progressive in 2021 you know yeah. to think it goes from that to then as we were saying last night the reagan era of the 80s mm-hmm. like how does that happen how do you go from like rocky horror to fucking like everything being straight i mean you're right it's crazy because like we were even thinking as we were watching it like because this is the first time we watched like we didn't want to analyze it and take it apart too much but mm-hmm. this is the first time we've ever watched it knowing we were going to talk about it again yeah. so there were things we noticed that we never noticed before and it's like really iconic stuff like 
the costumes. Mm-hmm. You know, you had a, you have a scene with Columbia wearing the Mickey Mouse's, yeah, and the, her pajamas. Like that's so iconic. Mm-hmm. And it's like, did they know? Did they know at the time what it was going to be for well, people? Well, I think even in the mid seventies, people knew Disney was fucked. Yeah, you know, true. it's just aged very well. <laughs> yeah, you know? like I think there's just so many things in that film which just got better with age. Mm-hmm. You know, that's just one of many. That scene where Frank and Furter goes between Brad and Janet's room, it's almost like polyamory. Yeah. You know, like, it's... I don't know, like, there's just so much about it. You could, you could read into it a lot, yeah. basically. Gotcha. And I feel like it, it's like the equivalent of, you know, like when you're in English at school and the teacher's like, why did the author say this? And it's like, maybe just because they wanted to say it. A lot of that, I feel like, is what Rocky Horror yeah. is, but people have taken from it what they want. Oh, God, gotcha. And it's so interesting how you described it as, like, it... Put, it like brings the audience in because mm. one of the biggest things about the actual stage production is the audience participation yeah. like you really are drawn into it and i can't it's an emotional experience mm. seeing it live because mm. there's there's times when i've gone and seen it and there was like a guy dressed up as frank in the front row and when frank was singing um coming home he got up and they held hands and mm. it was just a moment like i because also i've never seen a huge in a huge like uh theater mm-hmm. it's always been in like small theaters um, so it gives that it, it's very that intimate power, yeah. yeah I think considering that you know people have always had a one-sided relationship with films mm. you know like they get invested in something it's nice knowing that Rocky Horror Productions are still going on because it means it can be reciprocated mm-hmm. you know the people portraying these characters can then like give something back to the audience mm-hmm. it's not completely parasocial like everything today is like parasocial mm-hmm. isn't it this is one of those rare things that isn't yeah. you can like get that energy back and forth and it just creates like you say that intimate atmosphere mm-hmm. in that theatre I think that's cool I need to go see a production you so badly you do need to go see a production I mean I, I as soon as they're up and running again and it's safe and i have money to do it we should go yes because you would love it and i mean it's it's so nice because i'm someone and i'm sure a lot of people feel the same that like my anxiety doesn't let me enjoy audience participation Mm -hmm. like it scares me but it's not forced like it's either well everybody does it they never point someone in the audience and they're like you have to now join it's little stuff like they encourage everybody to bring props so like Mm. during um you know there's a light everybody has a candle and they wave it in the air and it's like you really feel like part mm-hmm. of the production it's just so nice. it always makes me think of um that scene in perks being a wallflower yeah when i think of productions yeah. of rocky horror i think of that scene where they're performing it in front of the screen yeah. and everyone's shouting and everyone's dressed up and it's just like there's a sense of home mm-hmm. to it you know but i loved i like loved that kind of scene in perks being a wallflower because mm. it was so minimal mm. and it's like you could perform rocky horror with just the actors mm. and it would work you yeah. don't need everything else around it mm. and that's why it adds to it don't I? yeah i, I think that's why people connect to it so yes. much because it does have the and to be honest if you don't like it as a film i'm not saying that this is the reason mm-hmm. but most of the time it's because people don't feel that connection yeah it is a film that you can just think it's too much you can think mm-hmm. it's too weird you cannot like it because mm-hmm. it's difficult to follow but like for me it's just a film that i watch and i can't sit still when it's yes. on you know like i've got to dance like you gotta get involved got it yeah, yeah you really do <laughs> i mean like for some people that's mamma mia you know yeah i mean for me it is mamma mia too mm-hmm. but there's just something about rocky horror which is like on another level for mm-hmm. me and i think it massively is the queer representation yeah. you know and it's like it, the fact that it's not just like representation it's like a celebration mm-hmm. without just being like gay 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 mm-hmm. gay pie gay pie it's like it's not even talking about the fact it's gay it's just like gay and happy yeah you know like i don't know yeah just having fun they're vibing yeah it's it doesn't feel like it's trying to make a point i mean maybe it was i mean i guess it must have been trying to make a point mm-hmm. to come out when it did doing oh, what it yeah. did but it doesn't feel like that mm-hmm. especially even now it it just feels like it was 
of an era, mm. but at the same time, it just felt like they knew what it was going to mean yeah, to people, or at least they had such high hope that yeah. it would, that it Resonate, just it yeah. just carried on. Like mm. it's we were watching it last night, and it came to the end, and I said to the and I was like, "Wow, I feel really emotional." <laughs> like when well, it comes it, to that's the, end. the power of Rocky Horror as well. It com- all comes to this crescendo, doesn't it? It does, and then it just fades off, and it kind of li- it's like it it brings you in, and then it just leaves you, yeah. kind of dangling. It yeah. doesn't give you any, it, you know. There's no aftercare. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know you're. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> Brilliant. We could talk about Rocky Horror for literally hours. Yeah. And I I mean, I could. I literally could any day. Mm-hmm. But I just want to wrap this up by saying yeah. that it was important to us. Probably mm-hmm. important to, like, countless other people. Definitely. Yeah. I couldn't even begin to imagine how many people, you know, realise their identity mm-hmm. because of this film. Which yeah. wasn't even going out of its way for that reason. It mm-hmm. was just... It was a film, you know? Yeah. It's 70s for the sake of being 70s. I mean, my whole family are obsessed with it. Like, exactly. my mum, my dad, me and my sister, we've all gone to productions yeah. about it, and, like, that's just fun. Yeah. I think I think the difference between, like, this and the Glee episode, which we come, keep coming back to, mm-hmm. is that the Glee episode is purposely trying to make points. Rocky Horror, yes, it's trying to make points, but it's not trying to shove them down your throat. Yeah. And I think that's the power of it, mm-hmm. and I think that's why I'll always love it, and you'll always love it. Yeah. And... The whole point of this podcast is talking about things which have like influenced us and yeah. we love. Like that's most of our episodes. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I think like this has been the year anniversary film choice because yeah. it's so impactful for mm-hmm. us. You know, like we're probably going to end up doing more episodes on Rocky Horror or Campness or something. Yeah. But like, I don't even know where I'm going with this. Which... I mean, to be honest, we also really want to hear kind of like, especially not restricting any ages, but especially people kind of around our age who feel the same way about it yeah. because I mean like we've said we did discover it because of the Glee episode truthfully I think we both would have found it later on anyway but yes. I'm glad that we found it when we did mm-hmm. I want to know how many people did discover it because of that like or even through Tumblr it had a yeah, presence on Tumblr true mm. you know I'm yeah I'm just curious about what age yes. you found it what it meant to you did it take you a while to get into mm. it because I can understand that as well mm. like maybe coming back to it later on and being like Oh. <laughs> I want to hear some people defend the Glee episode. That's yeah. my thing because I'm sick of the slander. I enjoy yeah. it. I know it has its problems. Yeah. I know Glee in general has its yeah. problems, as we're going to explore in other episodes probably. Mm-hmm. But I love it, mm-hmm. and I want to hear some people agree with me. Yeah, because I'm sick of being slandered. Pretty much. Mm. It's funny that you say in other episodes. Mm. <laughs> it's going to be the one. That's a hint. But yeah, I want to hear people defend that Glee episode. Don't worry about coming and defending Glee. We're fully aware. Oh, God, yeah. We are fully aware of the problems. <laughs> <laughs> but on that note... Yeah. It's been I can't a... believe it's been a year... I know. ...of the White Noise podcast. I'm really happy we chose Rocky Horror because it's a fucking yeah. banger. Mm-hmm. I'm just happy I had an excuse to watch it last night. Oh, pretty much. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Excuse to talk about it as well. Like, it really just, just harkened back to... Mm. As much as we like really analysing stuff, this whole podcast is just because we just wanted to talk about the things that we love. We just love campy shit. Yeah. Love horror and we love camp. So, I mean, of course this was going to be a yeah. monumental film, wasn't it? Yeah. I'm also very aware of the fact that I've been hitting this the whole episode. You can't see it if you're just listening to the audio. Yeah, no, you can't but, see yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. But, oh, that's a point. If you are just now listening to the audio, we will be recording video. Yes, as, we should have made that clear. Yeah, yeah. I mean... As far we'll as as far as we can, because unfortunately we are gonna have to go back to Zoom. Zoom. Um so we will be in separate places, but I think yeah, we, we wanna start putting as much more on video as yes. we can. So yeah, if you are only listening to this audio and you would like to see what we look like, 
we're here <laughs> on our YouTube channel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it feels really weird. Yeah. This whole ones feel a bit bizarre, but it's going to be interesting to hear it back and for people to listen. Yeah. Because it's such a different situation, us being in the same room on camera. Yeah. Do I you wonder how different it sounds. It'd be interesting because like, as much as like we definitely do enjoy having our conversations, doing it over Zoom sometimes feels like you're waiting for like your act- yeah. the actor to say their line, whereas this has just felt like a really nice conversation. Yeah, exactly. And you get the body language. Yeah, there it's a stuff. shame we couldn't do more in person. We're, we, whenever we can, we are going to try yeah. and do them in person because we also just enjoy it. We also just mm-hmm. want an excuse to see each other more because, yes. like Leanna said, this is the first time we've seen each other in, in, a, a, year. in a year mm-hmm. at least, if not probably a bit more. God, that's crazy. That's... I'm really proud of this. Yeah, and the year. me too. I'm being on camera, yeah. showing our faces. I'm super excited for like what's to come, to be honest. Yes, and that's from too. just being excited to see where we go. And also, we've got some pretty cool stuff lined up soon. Which you might have already seen some of. Yeah, some of it you've already out. seen. Um, October, we're super excited about. Mm-hmm. We've got some real fun stuff planned for them. Yes. You know? Very excited. Yeah. That's when like we reach our full power, isn't it? True. Like, we never wanted this to be just a horror podcast, but we do appreciate we lean a lot into horror. Yeah. So, Halloween's going to be our shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so look forward to that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't really know how to end this. Usually I do a fade out. I know, it's, it's difficult, because now we're on camera. Different on video, but... Um, yeah. Maybe okay. I'll take the final plunge and just say, thank you for listening. Thank yeah. you if you were watching. Mm-hmm. Uh, definitely let us know on social media what you think of Rocky Horror and Glee. Yeah. yeah. Typical, you know, YouTube stuff. Like and subscribe. I, apparently that's what they say. I'm not a YouTuber, <laughs> so... But if you want to, the buttons are there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and yeah. with that, I guess cool. that's a goodbye, isn't yeah. it? Bye. <laughs>